Man, I'm so glad that we're here together. And like I said, one of my favorite series of the year. So if you are new, if it's your first week, welcome. You came on an awesome week. We, uh, we jump into some movies and we look at how faith and film uh, interact and, and where they come together. And so today we're, we're starting with one. Uh, you get it because we're like in the Beatles theme Yesterday is our movie of the day. You probably saw the poster when you came in. Now, it kind of surprised me in the first service. I asked how many people have seen the movie yesterday, and it was probably only 10 to 15% of the first crowd. How many in this room have seen the movie yesterday? So a little bit better percentage, but still, we're introducing a new movie to you. That's awesome. Um, we're trying to get some royalties from the uh, different movie makers because you all are going to go see the movie, which is great. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to spoil some of the movie, but I will not give away the ending. You will not know what happens at the end. So in order to find out what happens at the end of the movie, you're going to have to watch it on your own. Okay, so how many of you said um, your favorite song was Can't Buy Me Love? Anybody favorite song, Can't Buy Me Love? Nobody in the room. All you need is love. Anyone? All you need is love. Few of you. What else was there? Let it be. Anybody? Let it be. Hey Jude. Here comes the sun. Yellow submarine. Penny Lane. That's a good one. Listen to all these songs. The Beatles, in a relatively short amount of time, wrote some amazing songs. Did anybody say yesterday was their favorite song? I heard somebody over here. Yesterday. Yeah. Such a great song. Um, you know what's interesting about the song Yesterday? It is the most covered song in history. Yeah. Most covered song. Brilliant song written by Paul McCartney. John Lennon got his name on there just for a small little piece. But John Lennon actually didn't love the song. And the reason he didn't love the song is because it was so successful. Because McCartney wrote it. And he didn't like to admit that McCartney wrote a better song than him. What's interesting is the song almost never was released as a single. Uh, it was in the UK, kind of held back in the US, they decided to release it as a single. It was so successful in the United States that they followed suit in the UK and they finally released it as a single and it has done uh, amazing. So why do we do a series like this? So let me lay some groundwork. Some of you are like, I thought we were at church. Why are we gonna put some movies on the screen? Like what is going on? I'm gonna show you some clips of the movie to tell a story and here's why. Jesus, his most powerful teachings were often parables. They were stories. And there's something powerful about stories that draw other people in. Jesus' stories often got people on the edge of their seats wondering what was going to happen, and it often smacked them in the face. They learned something about themselves. They learned something about God through the use of everyday relatable stories. And so that's the goal. So the goal is not to enjoy a good movie, which you'll laugh at some of the scenes that we show. They're, they're tender. They're great scenes. But the goal is for us to find uh, something about God that maybe we'd never known before. There's, the goal is to maybe be convicted on something in our life that might help us move closer to that God who loves us. Does that make sense? So that's why we're going to do the series. That's why we're going to jump in. Um, we've got, in this movie, we've got four clips that we get to watch today. So some of you are going to check off as we go through. Um, 
One of my favorite movies of the past five years, yesterday, it's just such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, I, I, would, I would recommend it. It's pretty clean, um, such good little storylines uh, throughout. So let me lay the, the context and what's going on. So Jack Malik, who is the main character in the story, is a singer-songwriter from England. And he's kind of down on his luck. He's having a rough time. His best friend, Ellie, is his manager. And she, like, lines him up with different pubs and music festivals and all of this to perform and to introduce his music to the world. And uh, there's, there's a scene in which uh, she, like, signs him up for this music festival. He is stoked because it's a big music festival. He gets there to find out he's actually on one of the side stages, not the main stage. And, like, no one but a kid shows up to his performance. So after this performance, he's like really down on his luck. He's like bummed out. He doesn't know what he's going to do in life. He feels like a failure. Have you ever felt like that, a failure, wondering what you're going to do in life? Some of you are like, yes, yes. So he feels like this. He gets on his bike. He's riding home. He has an accident on his bike, knocks out his front teeth. He's kind of a mess. He looks like a cartoon character almost. And while he gets knocked out, something happens in the world that he doesn't yet know. And he's walking into this moment of discovering for the first time something about the world. Something has happened, and he's the only one that remembers certain things. Are you with me? Have I set the context? So after he gets out of the hospital, he reconnects with his friends, which is the scene that we're going to walk into. Because he destroyed his guitar, they give him a brand new guitar because he needs a new guitar. So they give him a brand new guitar, and they ask him to play a song, and here's what he plays. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us online today. Unfortunately, we can't show you this clip online because of copyright issues, but we wanted to take the chance to just show you what's going on in the scene so that you have some context for when we hear back from Matt here in a minute. I know you want us to act it out. We're not going to do that. No. But we're going to try to describe the scene and what's happening. The movie is Yesterday, starring Himesh Patel as Jack. And Jack has been hit. He's got, he's missing a tooth. Something happens in this moment, though, where he starts playing a song, a well-known song. You probably know it. It's the song... Yesterday. Yesterday. By the Beatles. By the Beatles. Seems like almost everybody has heard this yeah, song. totally. But he starts playing it, and none of his friends recognize it yeah and they think that he just made it up on the spot they're like oh my gosh this yes. is beautiful yeah they're like in amazement that he wrote such a stunning song <laughs> it's actually really funny because yeah. like he's having this moment of like it's by the beatles i didn't write it yeah. and they're like who are the beatles yeah it is so bizarre and it leads from some really awkward interaction yeah but it's really funny i'm yeah. sorry that you can't see it but hopefully you get a chance to watch the movie yeah. at some point point. Yeah. and um it just really sets up the scene of like Oh my gosh, what is, what is Jack going to do with this reality that he now has access to all the Beatles' music and these right. songs? Right. And it seems like nobody in the world knows them. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's see what Matt has to say about this clip.
Uh, I was waiting for you guys to sing along yesterday. So as you can tell in the scene, uh, he, find, they, he finds out, he discovers that everyone has forgotten the Beatles and the Beatles song, except for him and a few select other people, as you'll find in the movie. And so he finds himself in this interesting place of being recognized as the writer, the author of some of the greatest songs ever written. What do you do when people think you did something that you didn't do? That was confusing. What do you do when people think you did something you didn't do? Do you take credit for it? Do you go with it? Do you allow people to think you're the person you're not? Or are you honest? Well, so this is a love story in many ways. His best friend, Ellie, who's in the scene, she's kind of overcome by the song, like, when did you write that? Um, she's fallen in love with him. She wants him to love her back, and they're struggling through all of that. But listen, this story is really about, if we will pay attention, the story is really about integrity and priorities. Integrity and priorities. And that's where I want to take us this morning. So if you're open to it, if you'll open yourself as the storyline progresses uh, to looking deep within yourself and the priorities you've set in your life personally and your personal integrity. Now, here's the deal. When we begin to talk about things like this, uh, oftentimes uh, we begin to think about the people we wish were in the room. You know what I mean? Like, oh my goodness, so-and-so needs to hear this message. I wish they were here today. Or we begin to think about the person sitting next to us, and we want to make sure they don't fall asleep. So we put our arm around them and gently nudge them at certain points throughout the message. Here's what I want to encourage you to do, is to fight the temptation to think about other people for just a few minutes. For you, in your life, where are your priorities? Where, where's your integrity, your character, as we dig in a little bit? So priorities, I think we all know what priorities are, setting uh, an order for the things that we focus on the most, but integrity is something many of us don't quite know how to define. Integrity is not perfection. Let's just be clear about that. Integrity is not perfection. I began to look for some definitions, and here's a definition uh, that was in Webster's. It, honest with strong moral principles, that's what integrity is. Uh, if you dig in a little bit deeper to the original meaning, whole and undivided integrity is an undivided life. What you see on the outside is what is true about the inside. Robin and I were talking, she mentioned to me, she said, hey, remember when we talked to our boys when they were younger, about always um, walking through, being honest about who they are, to live as what is true on the inside, like integrity, to live as people of integrity. When you look at integrity in the business world, so I look around the room, I see we've got business leaders in the room, people who have been extremely successful, both men and women. It's interesting if you look at some of the greatest leaders in history, Jack Welch, have you ever heard of Jack Welch? When you ask Jack Welch what, what were some of the most important things that he built into the life of GE, you know what he said? Integrity. People of integrity, doing the right thing, no matter who's watching. That's integrity. Um, John Maxwell, you've heard of John Maxwell. John Maxwell has the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. He, talked, he rewrote that book like 33 times in different forms. But integrity is always one of the things that he talks about, which 
makes a great leader. Here's the definition I worked out. An integrated life in which one's behavior matches consistent, strong morals and values. So when you think about your life, do you live an integrated life where what's on the inside, your beliefs, your values actually are reflected in what's on the outside or is what's on the outside inconsistent with what you say you believe? Does that make sense? So we're going to dig in the, into this a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that Jack in the movie finds is that the more inconsistent he is in his life, the further it moves him away from the people he loves the most. Now, isn't that true about life? When we're dishonest, it tends to cause us to hide from the people we love the most. So uh, Jack, in a couple of scenes, is confronted by Ellie, his best friend, and here's one of those scenes. Hey everyone, we're back. We're sorry that we can't show you this clip online, but that's what we're here for, to explain to you what's going on in this scene. So, in this scene we open up with Jack sitting at a table in a cafe with an old and dear friend, her name is Ellie. And we're introduced to Ellie kind of earlier in the clips, but Ellie is um, just someone who has known Jack for a really long time, before the fame. Mm -hmm. and, and has loved him yeah. before the fame. Yeah, and that's what she's doing in the scene, is she's sort of just like, unloading and revealing all of these feelings to Jack and it's kind of interesting to see Jack's response because yeah. he's like what I had no idea yeah. and the pressure's on because his friend keeps coming on and saying hey we only have two minutes you need to go and yeah. so he's conflicted in this moment yeah. because he knows that stardom is waiting right and the fame is waiting but he's also conflicted because he's hearing um, this revealed love that his friend has. And so you really see Jack in this moment conflicted about, do I, do I follow my heart and follow love? Or do I follow the temptation to play into the, the fame and the stardom? Yeah, it's a really tough decision. Yeah. I can't wait to see what Matt has to say about this scene. So a quick question, what is worth success? What are you willing to give up for supposed success in the world? What are you willing to trade for what others think is most important? I mean, it's a question of 
priorities. Like, what do the priorities in your life look like? Where do you spend your time and your energy? And Jack had to wrestle with that question. What is most important? And where do I need to spend time and energy and focus? And who is most important? And as a lie begins to make its way out of my life, I actually find myself hiding from those who are most important. And then a lie becomes public and lived out loud. Now, quick question. How many of you ever cheated in school? Some of you are like, are you serious? Like you're asking me to raise my hand? Did you ever cheat? Anybody ever cheat in school? Like, just be honest. Did you ever cheat in school? Did you ever, um, did you ever take someone else's homework and copy it just so you would have the homework done? Did you ever cheat on a test? Did you ever um, let, <laughs> my son's raising his hand. Put your hand down. <laughs> I got to stop looking that way. Another question. Have you, ever, have you ever lied? I know, I know. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> have, have, you ever, have you ever lied? And have you ever convinced yourself that the lie was no big deal? That it's okay? Because after all, everyone lies. Priorities and integrity. And eventually, is it okay as long as I get success? Is the end worth the means? So Jack finds himself on the Late Late Show, and the lie gets even bigger. Check this out. We're back with another scene in the movie yesterday. Uh, again, due to copyright issues, we can't actually show you this clip, uh, but we're gonna try to describe the scene for you. Yeah, so at this point in the film, Jack is really, really famous, like world-renowned now, because he is playing these songs by the Beatles everywhere. And so he gets a guest spot on the James Corden Late Night Show. Yeah, and nobody knows Again, there's very few people at this point. I think we even yeah. in the scene see a few people that are remembering the Beatles songs, yeah. but almost everyone in the world has no idea. And so he gets yeah. this start. Yeah, he gets this crazy, almost overnight stardom. And on the on the late night show, James Corden just goes on and on about how amazing Jack is and how I can't believe you wrote a song like The Long and Winding Road in 10 minutes. <laughs> and Jack, of course, is just like, it's like this awkward tension that he's starting to feel because he doesn't accept it necessarily, take it as a denial either. So we start to see that conflict kind of rising in him, but yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, and so he challenges him to write a song and Jack, plays off another Beatles classic as his own, the song Something, written by George Harrison. And again, people are just amazed, standing ovation, and you begin to see, oh, this is a big conflict for Jack. And um, you begin to see, even in his eyes almost, as he plays this role, that uh, there's something going on behind the scenes that, uh, with his integrity. Yeah, totally. It's, it's interesting to sort of watch it sort of unravel for him, um, but, I love just watching him sort of experience the fame, but also grapple with the reality of it. So. It's a fun scene. Hope you can have a chance to watch it, but let's tune in to see what Matt has to say about this clip. 
interesting, huh? Priorities and integrity. Can you just write something real quick? Something great, yeah. Yeah. So scripture talks about integrity and honesty and character. Uh, N.T. Wright wrote a great book on character and why Christian character matters after you believe, once you become a follower of Jesus, why character matters. And I think the reality is, and I think we would all say this, regardless of what you believe about God, character matters in this world. Integrity matters. Who you are, both internally and externally, matters. So let's look at some scripture. In the Old Testament, there's a, a book called Proverbs, and in this book, it's a lot of different statements about life and how to live life, and the author of the Proverbs writes, uh, he creates these tensions, and uh, he says this, the Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, to which, you know, most of us would go, well, that's fine. I don't use scales anymore. Scales in the Old Testament world were really important because it was an agricultural society, and so everything was done with measuring and grain and uh, agricultural products and money, and so everything mattered according to the scale. We may not use scales anymore, but we have scales. Whatever business you're in, whatever you spend your time doing, there are scales, and Scripture tells us the Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but delights in accurate weights, the truth. Pride, he then says, leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. These two things, honesty and humility, I would suggest, are the foundation of integrity. Honesty and humility. So how's that going? How are you with telling the truth, even when it's difficult? How, how, how are you with not taking credit for things that aren't yours? You know, in business, this is one of those interesting things. You know, in business, certain people make it to a certain point, and it's easy when you get to certain points to take credit for things that aren't yours to take credit for. And it means something to be honest, to be humble. It's the best kind of leadership possible. You know, we walk in today and out in the lobby, we have this amazing display. Ken did that. You know Ken? He spent all the time building that display. It's awesome. Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, one of our worship leaders, went and got all that popcorn so you can enjoy popcorn. You can throw it at me later if you want to do that. It's awesome. Uh, Joe and a bunch of volunteers and his team built the Encanto look down in the children's ministry, which is awesome. All these teams, like, being a part of something. Sometimes you guys come to me and you're like, Matt, we love this church. You do a great job. And I want you to know, like, that's not me. That's others. I want to be honest about that. It's easy, though, I mean, if I'm really honest, it's easy to take credit. Yeah, it is a great church. Keep telling me. Like, there's good things there. You know, who makes a great church is not the person who stands on the platform. It's the church. It's the community. And we need to be honest about those kind of things. One person doesn't make 
a community. Um, so for Jack, he's kind of walking through all of these different things. The proverb continues with this, the integrity of the honest keeps them on track, but the deviousness of crooks brings them to ruin. Jack is on a path towards ruin. He's on a bad path. He's taking credit for things that aren't his to take credit for. Um, this got me thinking. I, I was reading um, Bob Goff. Do you ever read Bob Goff? Do you know Bob Goff? Anybody? Fans of Bob Goff? He's got some great things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bob said this, and I think this is so true about us in life. We plant sod where God wants to plant seed. He's more interested in growing our character than having us look finished. And so many of us just want to cover the outside to look a certain way, and it's not representative of what's happened deep within us. What God wants to get to in your life and my life is what is deep within us. He wants to do the difficult work of developing our character and our integrity. He wants us to live not disintegrated lives, but integrated lives where what you see on the outside is reflective of what is truly on the inside. Are you with me? Okay, so one more scene, and then we'll wrap it up with a couple of passages of Scripture and some questions to wrestle with. Um, what I found interesting near the end of the movie, uh, because the Beatles had been forgotten, there, you know, there were no Beatles in anyone's mind, things didn't work out the way that they have worked out in the real world in which we live. And so John Malik discovers as he's walking through all these questions of priorities and integrity and all of that, the love story, potential love story with Ellie, he discovers that John Lennon is still alive. And so he goes to visit John Lennon because he has some questions for him. So this scene is John or Jack Malik meeting John Lennon for the first time. We're back with the last scene of this movie from yesterday, mm -hmm. and this is a really touching scene. It is, it's a yeah. really kind of a powerful scene, and um, in this scene, Jack goes and he finds himself on the beach and he knocks on a door and who's there? John Lennon. And they did a fantastic job making yeah. it look like an aged John Lennon. He's 78 wow. years old, we find out in the scene. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because Jack is having this moment of he needs some clarity, he needs a mentor, he needs somebody to help him pick up the pieces of this mess that he's made, yeah. um, playing off that he's written the Beatles songs for his own. Mm -hmm. um, so then what happens? Well, um, what I think is interesting about the scene is that John Lennon is not John Lennon. He's just a simple guy. He's living on the beach. He talks to Jack about how he's lived a long and happy life. And, and he asks, has your life been successful? Yeah, and John just responds, you know, successful is relative in essence. Like to him, he's been successful because he's done what he loves to do. He found love and he fought hard for that love. And so that sort of sparks a question for Jack. It's like his love life does not look like that. And it's been a struggle for him. He gave up on Ellie, on pursuing that love. And so, John says this amazing thing because Jack kind of ends the, the scene with how do I how do I get her back or how do I live a happy life? And John says, tell the girl that you love that you love her and tell the truth at all times. Yeah. And you see just the lights begin to go off for Jack. Oh, oh my gosh, I've been 
living it wrong. Right. And, and he knows what he has to do now. Yeah. So that's how the scene ends. It's a really uplifting scene and encouraging. Touching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Again, hope you get a chance to watch this movie. Um, but let's tune in to see what Matt has to say about this clip. It's interesting that, that Jack assumes John hasn't had a successful life because it's not the life he thought he would have. Isn't that interesting? And when John responds, he's like, I just told you I lived a happy life. And then I love the, the quote, you know, near the end, not the psychiatric help, which we all need, but <laughs> I love the quote, you know, tell the girl that you love her, you love her, and always tell the truth everyone whenever you can live a life of integrity be honest be humble um, when it comes to priority and integrity we're talking about an integrated life that is well ordered so how is your life integrated and how's it ordered uh, one of my favorite passages, statements of Jesus, it's a question, and I think it's convicting, so I'm going to bring you along on some convicting journey for me, and maybe this will be for you as well. Jesus asked the question, what do you benefit if you gain the entire world, but you lose your soul in the process? Now, when, sometimes when we see the word soul in scripture, we think of some disembodied, like, spiritual being, but in the Old Testament, when they talked about soul, they meant the whole integrated person. So, physical self, spiritual self, internal and external. So what Jesus is basically saying is, what would you benefit if you get everything you want, success, but you lose your own soul? In other words, you become disintegrated as a person. Like, what good is that? Is anything worth more than Jesus would say, an integrated life, a, a soul, all together? Not perfect, everything together. Um, if you've ever been in the 12 steps or you've been on a journey, uh, they talk about how rigorous honesty is a foundation. I have some friends in the room and they would say, this is absolutely true. If you're not honest at a deep level, you can never move in a healthy direction. And I think this is true when it comes to integrity without rigorous honesty, being, being honest about what's going on deep within us. In fact, three areas, um, humility, honesty, and genuine love, I think are those building blocks of integrity. Those, those three things, honesty, 
humility and, and genuine love for other people. And here's the deal when it comes to integrity. When we're talking about faith, it's never too late. I know at times we have these thoughts of like, I'm too far gone. Like I've already created a path for myself and it's not good and it's too late. But here's the deal. With God, it's never too late. Come on, that's good news. Can I get an amen about that? I mean, like with God, it doesn't matter how far gone you are. You can always move back to a place of integrity. You can reprioritize your life. It's never too late to build or rebuild an integrated life that is well-ordered for the world in which we live. So a couple of questions, um, and if you're taking notes or if you snap pictures, I think these next couple slides would be good ones uh, for you to just chew on for the rest of the week. And here's one of those questions. Um, are my priorities, again, don't think about anybody else, are my priorities out of order? So just ask yourself the question, are my priorities, what, are, what do my priorities look like, and am I, am I good with that? Do I spend my time and give my energy to what I value most? Is that where I'm giving my best time? And then the second, um, the second question has to do with integrity. Are there any signs of disintegration in my life? So are there any signs of my life kind of being pulled apart? And here are some, uh, here, here are some ways of, of looking at that. Am I dishonest in anything? And I know everybody lies. That's what we said a few minutes ago. Are there any areas of my life where I'm just being dishonest? I'm not living up to what's, what's true. Am I inconsistent? Am I lacking some, some consistency in my life? And am I, and this one I think is something that we do um, at our own detriment. We hide from the people we love when we feel these things happening within us. And the opposite should be true. We should actually turn to the people we love to be honest and to find healing. And the, tr the same is true about God. Oftentimes when we recognize these things, we're ashamed, we feel guilty, and we move further away from God when actually God wants to bring us closer because he wants to work with us to heal us. And um, I think these two questions, digging into our priorities and our integrity, can move us closer to God if we'll, if we'll pay attention to his spirit. So I've got a prayer for you. Um, our, our band's going to come. They're going to lead us in a, in a song as we can kind of uh, reflect and, and respond here in just a couple minutes. But, but my prayer comes from, some, from Psalms, chapter 139. And David gives us this prayer, and I think in a moment like this, with a subject like this, it's just a, a brilliant prayer for us to pray. And here it is. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, and point out anything in me that would offend you that would move me away from you, and then lead me along the path of everlasting life. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Just a way that, that we would place ourselves before God, maybe even in the morning this week, each morning, just to say, God, would you search me? And here, here's, here's what I believe to be true about God. Here's what I found to be true about God, is that when we honestly seek him, he will show up. I think if you pray this prayer on a regular basis, there will come a time when you will feel the conviction of God. You'll, you'll feel God nudging you and moving you in a certain direction. 
if you'll pray it with an open heart and an open mind. Now, um, with God, there is no shame. So if any of you, as like we're talking through this, if you feel this like heavy weight of shame, that's not from God. God will convict us, but he won't shame us. That comes from the enemy. God will convict us, but he won't shame us because he always wants to heal us. God is for you. He's not against you. Um, so will you, will you stand with me? And we're going to, like I said, sing this last song. There's candles in the back of the room, and maybe um, you've sensed this distance between you and God, and maybe it's because of your priorities, your integrity. Um, maybe during this song you want to go light a candle, and as you light that candle, just say, God, I need your presence in my life. I need you to search me and know me. Maybe you want to take communion to be reminded of how much God loves you. It's just this symbol, the, the bread and the cup. Jesus' body, which was broken, his blood, which was poured out for us. So maybe you want to take communion on your own. And in, in the back of the room um, is, a, is a prayer wall. And maybe you just need to confess today. You just need to write a confession. God, I, I've messed up. I'm off track. Heal me. Draw me close. And just roll that prayer up and put it in that prayer wall. So God, um, as we sing this song, we pray that your spirit would do the work of your spirit, encourage us, and convict us. Give us wisdom and lead us. Search us and know us, God. Point out anything in us that would offend you, and then lead us along the path of everlasting life. In Jesus' name.